something I saw twice today. Um, uh, two different websites. One was in the States and one was by U of T engineering students. That's Tillich's alma mater. And both websites were trying to do. March 26th. We have fourth. We've crossed 4,000 cases in Canada, 4,043. 858 in Ontario, 339 in Toronto, 39 deaths in Canada, 15 deaths in Ontario, and 4 deaths in Toronto. Okay. Some headlines from around the world today. The U.S. now leads the world in cases. They just passed mm -hmm. China today. Um, and I read that Trump's reaction to that was that he just didn't really believe it. Of and he not. thinks that China's underreporting. Right. And that may be every country's underreporting, mm -hmm. and the U.S. probably most of all. Mm. Um, in a, a weird kind of fun announcement mm. in Ontario today is that now <coughs> restaurants are allowed to sell alcohol with takeout and delivery. Right. So I guess that's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that actually happened yesterday that we forgot to talk about is that yesterday Toronto closed its playgrounds and park amenities. Um, and they said that they did that because people weren't staying the two meters apart. They weren't respecting social distancing, which is not what we observed in our park. Our playground attendance dropped dramatically. There was only like one family in the park at a time. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the busier park. Like we tended to go to the less busy park near yes. us anyways. So I could see people just saying. But still, it was packed 10 days ago. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, So we lost our playgrounds and it was kind of funny timing because I was just talking with my mom about it earlier in the day and she mm. was like, are you sure you should still be taking Avery to the playground? Mm -hmm. And I just kind of gave my rationalization that there was no one else there and he would only go on the swing and he was always wearing his gloves. And mm -hmm. But then I said, but if they close the playgrounds, we'll respect it. And then not two hours later, mm -hmm. <laughs> I saw the tweet from John Tory saying they had closed the playgrounds. So... Mm -hmm. They still haven't done that in New York. I was just listening to a podcast where there's, uh, yeah, they're thinking about it. Like some of mm -hmm. the speaker of the their municipal council in New York was saying he was for it, but the mayor is not for it right now. Mm -hmm. It's tricky. I don't know. It is very tricky. The other thing, that the interesting thing they're going to do in New York, it sounds like, or at least he was a proponent of, and that he's trying to get pushed through. Wait, who's he again? The, I forget the guy's name, but he's the speaker of the city council. Okay. So, like, so this like here we have, city? I think the mayor is the speaker in our case, right, in our city council. Like, there's not a separate yeah. speaker, but, like, you... The okay. mayor runs it. Okay, There's so this guy. Yeah, the speaker of that group. He um, he wants to close some, uh, like, many New York streets. So, because there's no traffic anyways. Yeah. So, just 
b- close streets to traffic and then you can, can walk just apart. open it up to pedestrians. Yeah, make large areas. Are there even that many pedestrians? Well, I mean, th- whatever there are, right? Then you're not mm-hmm. like restricted to sidewalks. Like I'm sure, like even here when we when I try to go out, like you're running into every couple of minutes, there's yeah. someone else on the sidewalk. Yeah. And this isn't a particularly busy area for no. pedestrians. And so you can imagine in a downtown core, like in New York, I'm, I'm sure it's more mm-hmm. densely populated. I think it's very difficult to stay away from people. Yeah. So that's, I thought that was an interesting idea. I mean, you could do that here too. Just for fun. Mm-hmm. Close down some streets. Who knows? Mm. On the topic of social distancing, does it work? Are we doing enough? Mm. From yesterday. Um, I was looking at Italy graphs today. Mm-hmm. Um, new cases per day. Mm-hmm. And it does look like they peaked on March 21st. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, they started, they locked down the north on March 7th, mm-hmm. I want to say. Mm-hmm. So from 7 to 21 is just about exactly two weeks. Wow, that was well timed. Mm. So it looked like, it's not a dramatic, like a dramatic peak, but it's been enough days since that you can see like it hasn't returned to that peak of 6,557 cases in one day. Yeah. Which they hit on March 21st. Mm-hmm. It went like down, down, up, down. Hmm. But it do- it is starting to form a peak. So that's very promising. But still, there's they still have like 5,000 new cases a day. Like, like it's still... That's more cases than we have total... And they're getting that every day. Right. And it's just going down. But their national lockdown started two days after the North lockdown. Yeah. Um, so it should still, it should just keep going down, I hope. Yeah. Good. One other thing I wanted to just capture here, gas prices hit a new low recently. I think it was a couple of days ago. It's 63.3 for the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, something I saw twice today. Um, uh, two different websites. One was in the States, and one was by U of T engineering students. That's Tillich's alma mater. And both websites were trying to do the same thing, which is to basically crowdsource COVID-19 tracking. And so you go to these websites and you like say if you're feeling sick, the one that the U of T engineering students did, you like fill out a questionnaire of all the COVID-19 mm. symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then you give the first three digits of your postal code. Mm-hmm. And then it's trying to show you like if your neighborhood or people near you seem to be feeling sick. Did you put us in? I put myself in, in but only like 6,000 people had filled it out. It didn't look very interesting yet. So, but near, so there, there were weren't no any obvious hotspots near us. No. Hmm. Although any hotspots on the map? Like well, now. Um, oh, oh, right. So the red areas are actually. But I don't know how to. 
you have to fill it out every time you go in. Oh, the website is flatten.ca. So that's how they, the incentive for seeing the graph is to I fill guess, it out. I guess, but I've already filled it out. Yeah, it seems like it would be misleading for you to fill it out again. They would just, they're just going to yeah. end up with, you shouldn't have double data. Anyways, um, whether it works or not, I don't know, but it's just a very interesting attempt to solve this problem of how do you figure out where the cases are mm -hmm. and how do you tell people we were just reading on Twitter that someone said there was a block party in front of their house in Guelph last night mm. and I just cannot comprehend unless that things like that are still going on unless there were people staying two meters apart <laughs> That's probably what was happening. You you could. Like a lot of I think a lot of the pictures in the media of people being like crowded spaces. If you actually mm -hmm. like it's like fam like a family or a couple together and then there's like uh, it it seems like it's not obvious that people are breaking the mm -hmm. rule. Yeah. You could have a block party where everyone stays 2 meters apart. That's my, but okay. yes, it still doesn't fit the, get, it doesn't, you gotta feel the room. You gotta feel the room, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Oh, the room is sad today. Mm. I felt sad today. Mm. I felt tired today. I think that has a lot to do with it. Also, kids were sad. That has a lot to do with it. Yeah. I don't know why they were tired too. Everyone was tired in this household and that does not make a global pandemic easy to digest mm. when you're tired. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what's going on in Ontario? We, People I read this morning that Kevin Smith, that he's the president of UHN. CEO. CEO of UHN, mm -hmm. University Health Network. He's calling for Ottawa to invoke the Emergency Act, which was previously known as the War Measures Act. Mm -hmm. That's pretty. Did he give a justification? Did he say why what that would do? I'm sure he did. Oh. I don't remember what it was. Right. I think the point is people aren't taking it seriously enough. Right. And just like they invoked the Quarantine Act. Right. We just gotta. Like, why are we not? Why are we not? Just pulling out all the stops at this point. Yeah. Right. Pull out all the stops. Because yes. overreact if anything. We overreact. Don't, yeah. Don't look back and say we should have done that earlier. Yeah. And um, everyone's really impressed with our local leadership here in Toronto, and everybody's really impressed with uh, Teresa Tam. Yeah. On the federal level, um, Ontario, however, is dropping the ball a bit. The um, the testing in Ontario is is bad. Like I don't I don't even look at the Ontario numbers anymore. Like what do they even mean? There's like eleven thousand tests in the system. Yeah. And we're not testing broadly. We're not, like the data you can't you the data doesn't show anything. Yeah. The, and today I think they just said they're taking a step back at how broadly they're gonna test. Now they're I guess up until recently, they would test people with symptoms just from the public. 
there may have been some rules. I think it was like if you were a high risk, s sort of seen as someone more likely to have had it because you traveled in or s things like that. But they're just going to cut out. They're just not going to test people with mild symptoms mm -hmm. in in the community. They're all. It sounds like now they're only going to test people um, in hospitals and healthcare workers that have symptoms. Which doesn't make sense. Which means we're not testing and tracking, which is the key yeah. to beating it, it down. It so feels like we're going backwards now. It just feels... David Fisman, who I've talked about several times now, yeah. head of epidemiology at Dalalana Public School of Health, he wrote on Twitter today, it gives me no great pleasure to say this, but the public health response in Ontario, he didn't... he." The thread was about Ontario. Mm. The public health response in Ontario has been non-transparent, dishonest, and frankly, atrocious. Yeah. It's hard to even know where we are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he went... So did he delete the tweets where he called for the, the chief medical person and the associate medical person? Oh, maybe those are the tweets he deleted. He So previously he tweeted that, yeah, right. he called for... Williams and yeah, Barbara Yaffe, right? Are those Chief the names? He didn't use their names, he used their titles. Right, yeah, but he called for them to be replaced. Yes. I was reading that earlier this evening, and then when I went back to find, to get the tweets for my notes, I noticed that a he bunch of them had been deleted. He probably said that, yeah. He decided that was going a little too far, but that is that is an important... It is an important skill for someone who's, I think, trying to make a difference in a meaningful way that people find helpful is being calm and measured in everything you say. Mm -hmm. Which is a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, no, no. I mean, but, but that's, I think, people that demonstrate that ability, mm -hmm. it like people listen right if you yeah. if you have that ability i think it's so in this case he might have decided yeah that's probably going too far i'm gonna just back that up a little bit because i mean you don't need to say that the people in charge are at fault here right. once you say what's wrong yeah. but it's less of a personal i think you don't need to go to the personal attack it makes you sound more mm -hmm. uh, you know unhinged i guess if mm -hmm. or y people could take it as you being unhinged or mm -hmm. But just just pointing out, yeah. it's not it's not the person that's bad. It's the thing that's happening that's not being yes. addressed properly. It's like how you you're supposed to parent too, yes. right? You're supposed to talk about the thing that they did wrong, not that they're bad at at every. Yeah, it's not that the child is bad. It's that the thing they did was wrong. Yep, we learn that in our parenting books. Yeah, calm and measured. That's so going to be my. I'm gonna think about that. Okay. And you think about that. It's gonna be calm and measured. Um, I make no promises to be calm <laughs> and measured. <laughs> Ontario, Ontario's stressing me out right now, guys. Mm -hmm. We gotta get this testing. We just got. I just. I don't know what. We gotta lock down. If you can't test and trace, you gotta lock down. And I don't know how locked down we are. Yeah. On that city mapper index website or whatever i was talking about yesterday mm -hmm. where i said we had 22 percent movement two days ago and t yesterday was 19 percent right 
So we're going down. But Vancouver was at 16 and Montreal was at 14. Mm-hmm. So we still have we a ways still to have go. room to go. Yep. And speaking of Vancouver, mm-hmm. I read um, that Vancouver has started started the applauding healthcare workers in the yes. evenings at seven o'clock. Right. I wonder is there like video of it happening tonight? No, I didn't see video. I should look. Like it's just I guess you have to be in a place that I'm is sure dense it will enough. catch on downtown here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People yeah. have already started doing things like in little neighborhoods and stuff. You just need somebody to start. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. It will happen. Good. Um, the thing that was like hitting me kind of hard today was thinking about all the healthcare workers, um, especially in the states where things are starting to get very bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the healthcare workers trying to protect their families. Yeah. And there's like different levels of protection, right? Some of them just stay in hotels, wash off everything they can, shower twice, change everything and go home and see their families. And then others like live in, yeah, hotels or they live in the garage apartment or they stay apart and they can't see their kids. Yeah. Um, and then there are others, families, especially if it's like a single parent household or both parents are in healthcare and they send their kids away mm-hmm. to like be with their grandparents or something and they don't, they haven't seen them in weeks and they don't know when they're going to see them again. Yeah. Because you can't have them going back and forth between healthcare workers and grandparents. Right. Like that's extremely dangerous Yeah. for the grandparents. Yeah. And it just like... That just breaks my heart. Me it just feels like a gut punch to think about having to do that. Yeah. It occurred to me today, I don't know why this didn't occur earlier, but people like, so yeah, it people that are living with a family, like, so you have, or, or someone else in your dwelling, like you're isolating, but with other people. Yeah. Like, th- I, I'm, j- I'm just thinking more about the psychological challenge of isolating by yourself yes like like you're giving up hugs for who knows how long right now i think that's hard that's huge i've seen people talk about that on twitter i didn't really consider the effect of that yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like maybe everyone should pick a partner and isolate with them (laughs) and just like yeah, I mean, partners. you can isolate with a friend, but then you're, like, forced into, like, a roommate situation in a pandemic. No, but even if you live separate, like, if you live in one bedroom oh places, true, but like, the two, you just, you just decide that the two of you yes. are not going to see anybody else, but you guys can hang out together in yeah. e- each other's places and hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all daily yeah. hug, hug breaks. You solved everything. Uh, yeah. I mean, otherwise, we need, like, hug robots or something. It's just, it, this isolation thing has just messed up all balance because it's like, if you live with other people, 
then you have no personal space. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> like exactly. You can't get away. Yeah. And if you live alone, it's like you have <laughs> nobody, and it's just like there's just no balance anymore. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> the Pivot podcast. So the one. So the po- Pivot podcast. Kara Swisher and uh, Scott Galloway. Kara Swisher's just had. Uh, so she's got like a teenage son, and she just had a baby. So there's like a baby, her partner in the house, and her teenage son is all in the house and she was talking about how great that is and then scott galloway he's got like a nine-year-old and 11 year old and his wife and he's talking about how he's just fed up with everybody and like they're all (laughs) a-holes and like (laughs) just (laughs) (laughs) oh that's loving i mean he's being yes funny but of course yeah we're doing okay here. I feel like we're somewhere in the middle. We're somewhere in the middle. Okay. Yeah, two-year-old and a four-year-old. It's, yeah. We're almost at two weeks now. Mm. Yeah. We can do it. It's still a much easier job. I was talking with a friend today who's a doctor who will get thrown in the front lines at some point, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, mm, what's the appropriate thing to say to someone on the front lines is it like good luck Mm. thank you Mm. godspeed i'll stress vomit on your behalf (laughs) (laughs) like what's the what's the well wish for that i I don't have one i don't have the right words for that it's a good point there was something i saw the video i didn't watch the video but i saw the headline over it some healthcare worker said I'm not the front line. We're not the front line in healthcare. You are right. meaning people not in healthcare. Th- right. They're like the backup plan that we hope we don't. Group B's got to buy Group A sometime. It, yeah, it's we're the public, the mm-hmm. non-healthcare, non mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, That's smart. Is the front lines on this? That's smart. And it puts I don't the responsibility. think a lot of them know that. So, no, it's a good way to think of it, though, isn't it? Well, I don't know, but I have to say, our neighborhood seems quite compliant yeah that's why i'm always yeah. so surprised when i see things on the internet since i'm on the internet all the time but just all these stories uh, of people yeah not respecting and i oh, i don't venture more than like a couple hundred meters from where i am right now and all i, I see is compliance i mean i remember getting my driver's license and driving way too fast for the first <laughs> couple of years right and yeah. it's like yeah that's kind of how it is and you know, you get to a certain point and you're, you have some close calls or you just hear about terrible stories. We don't stories. have that kind of learning curve here. I know, but that's just the way l- that's just the way people are. Like, you just yeah. don't think about those things at a certain age. And it might be, is it the, I mean, maybe I that's ageist. Is that ageist? Maybe that's ageist. It might be. I don't know. But I, I can certainly see why mm-hmm. this is tough for yeah. some people. And why in our neighborhood where, you know, you have young families, like you've young families. So there's kids they're worried about and they're worried about like aging parents, right? Like they've got Mm -hmm. the high risk kind of, you know, kids aren't high risk, but kids are not high risk, but you're still worried about them. There's other parents out there besides me that are putting their hand to their child's forehead every every hour of (laughs) the day. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. 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 Which is what I'm doing. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean. No one oh wants feels to. Feels a little warm. Oh, no. no they're <laughs> fine. They're fine. Yeah. But yeah, it's in the back of my head all the time. Mm. 
I don't think it's not here. Mm. Uh, Tesla, deli- Tesla delivered a thousand vents. To that they made. That they made. They're that was fast. They're targeting twelve hundred. This sorry, I think that was like the ones they made last week, I guess, or recently they shipped those, mm-hmm. and they're gonna make twelve hundred more. I guess. This Are they up. giving them to hospitals in California? I don't know where they're. I can't remember which where they were delivering them to, but hmm. it's they're doing. It. People well, doubted them. them. Yeah, I think they're working very closely with. Uh, you know, they met with. Is it Medtronic that does? The big medical device manufacturer. They are a big medical device manufacturer. I think they're working very closely with them. Medtronic. Yeah, which is, yeah. I think they're, you know, they're doing it. Doing something. I don't Mm. know. Thousands, not that many. We were talking, Tillich and I were talking about something today and we said ventilators. And Avery was like, what? (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) Did you say ventilator? Because mm-hmm. Caden has a ventilator, and so he thinks he knows about ventilators. So then he had to know everything we were talking about, yeah. which is a bit hard to explain. But he's a, he's on it. it. He he understands. He's like I think, sometimes a lot. sick people need ventilators, but Caden's not sick. He just needs a ventilator because yeah. he has a problem with his brain. But he's not sick. But other people need them when they're sick. I don't think I did a very good job. Now that I'm rethinking it. Mm. Anyways, he seemed satisfied enough. He went back to playing. Yeah. Um, a another kind of heavy article I read today um, was about the fact that there's a bunch of hospitals around the U.S. that are right now discussing having blanket do not resuscitate orders yeah. for COVID-19 patients. Right. Because the, so that would be in a situation where um, a patient's heart stops mm-hmm. um, and you would normally go in and do CPR. You call a code blue and you do CPR and they have all these things they can try. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very high risk situation for the healthcare workers mm-hmm. with chest compressions and I don't know if they do breaths or not. Um, s- they like do IVs for some reason. Basically, you just get up all in there in the bodily fluids. Um, and the other thing about code blues is that normally everybody available attends them. So they've already stopped doing that. I think like maximum of two people right. m- in most places attend a code blue for a COVID-19 patient. Right. Um, but the risk of just having a lot of virus spread yeah spread mm-hmm. is still very high so some so it seems like so no one anywhere has a blanket do not resuscitate order in yet because yeah. they're still figuring out the ethical and legalities of it mm-hmm. um, but what they do now is because a lot of patients kind of decline slowly the mm-hmm. doctors have time to speak with the family and get them to sign a do not resuscitate order right um and then if they do still have to resuscitate a patient, then presumably they're on a ventilator and they just kind of cover them with a plastic sheet mm-hmm. while they're doing compressions. Mm-hmm. And so they want the, b- or they're discussing getting a blanket order because it's so much protective equipment. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. to put on. And I don't think the success rate of reviving these people is very high. Yeah. Like and especially you because you have to wait for the person to put on all the protective equipment. Right. Yeah. Like even when you do your CPR training, they tell you like one in three people whose heart stops, like you'll save them with CPR. It's a very tricky so question. Yeah. Yeah. That was in the Washington Post. If anyone mm. wants to look that up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have anything I less depressing? Uh, this isn't... I mean, yes, I guess so. This So there's a story... I feel like Canada's being... Um, so Canada sent a whole pile of masks and gloves and stuff to China early on in this process and and some I guess some people are now saying they shouldn't have sent this stuff because we should have been expecting to need it here Mm -hmm. we do need it here now and I don't know how to feel about that I kind of feel like well China can send it back now well that's kind of what I mean it's like you don't why it's the same thing that hospitals are saying about um, in Ontario are saying about masks and and rationing like I guess in theory at the highest level like Christine Elliott says there's no rationing going on but if you go to a hospital level like they're being handed either one or two masks per day or something and being told to use oh yes right so that was in the news today but the problem is that it's sort of hospital by hospital right like they don't I don't think one hospital knows if the n- another hospital has like a surp like has way more. Yeah, there's no coordinated no distribution effort. No one's coordinating it, but like I think the goal should be that you would have a giant stockpile like it l- in a virtual spreadsheet have a s- total of where everything is, and then mm-hmm. if there's one place has a shortage and another has more, you should be shuttling that stuff over yes that would be a great thing for a government uh, to be coordinated I, I just mean that yeah that sort of thing and, and the world health organization doing the same thing mm-hmm. globally so that as stuff gets freed up in a country that doesn't need it anymore they could be shuttling it somewhere and sending it back you know it yeah. it feels like it feels like it, the more we you know it gets away again from the whole point is we're in this together, right? The whole world is facing this challenge together. And if we, if we don't act that way, no one else is going to act that mm-hmm. way. It's like the infinite game versus the finite, infinite line side, finite. We won't get into all that, but <laughs> just, just that's what's best for everyone, right? It's like, but it's like, yeah. is it the prisoner's dilemma kind of thing? When it comes right down to it, the problem is that only works when you feel safe, I guess, right? When you mm-hmm. when you have when you know that someone's looking out for your best interest, you'll look out for their best interest. But that all falls apart as soon as some people start getting Yes, which might be why Canada is a bit like big eyebrows raised at Trump's suggestion today that they were going to put troops at oh, the yeah. border. Right. Everybody's like, "What?" What? Yeah. Why? Also, no one's going to the U.S. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're 
the, the troops just the hold your own people yeah, in. Yeah, hold please. your own people <laughs> in, exactly. That would be great if you could do that for but us. Thank that's you. That's just like such, yeah. that's just a very bad, that doesn't make anybody feel safe, is my point. No, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That like makes tensions high. Yeah. So I'm assuming somebody will talk him out of that. Yeah. It's very hard to take anything that he says seriously. Um, oh, there is a really strange <laughs> thing I noticed today on yeah. Twitter, which is that for the last two weeks, um, COVID-19 or some derivative of COVID-19 or quarantine has been trending on Twitter mm. in Toronto yeah. every single day. Usually at the beginning, it was all of the top five trending spots were mm. some derivative of COVID-19. Mm -hmm. And then it would be just the top trending. And then it would be sometimes not in the top five, but it would still be there. But today, for the very first time, I didn't see it anywhere. Hmm. Trending yeah. anywhere. Yeah, just other things. Other things. People are talking about other things. How dare they? I mean, kind of. <laughs> I can't, like other things in my brain i still find it very strange if i see like on some social media as i rarely on it but if i'm just posting something and i'll scroll through quickly and someone's talking about their business like as if there's not this whole thing going on they're just talking about their normal right i presented it this paper got published mm -hmm. it's very weird or today there was the headline that the supreme court of canada was going to look at toronto's case <laughs> against the province oh, yeah. because the province like slashed the number of city councillors mid-election yeah which was a very big deal to me it's still a big deal a year or two ago i think it would be nice to have a but ruling on that but I I no one cares like no one cares uh, right can't deal with that can't think about that yeah the judicial system just seems to be so out of touch with well, everything. Well, I mean, they're just doing their job. I know, but just in also in the, what we, did we talk about it before where it they were the slowest to like close down courts and cases and like they were just running mm -hmm. well past when other things had shut down. All right. Mm -hmm. I think we got to wrap it up there for this evening. Oh. Sorry. I mean, mm. do you have more things? Sorry. I was just, uh, I'll throw in this other thing that I didn't okay. get to yesterday. Can I just throw one more yeah. short thing in? Sure. I learned about, well, I learned, yeah, sort of related to placebos, this, this idea of a talisman. And I think it's related in my mind to what's going on with COVID-19. So a talisman is something like in, you know, people m who are spiritual, I guess, might accept a necklace or a ring or something and put it on because they feel like putting that thing on gives them protection against something or it's like a rabbit's foot yeah like a that's lucky rabbit's foot when i looked it up that's what right I and so carrying this thing around even though you can even pretty well know that it's not going to do anything it having it might make you feel like it's doing something and so so people do it and i think i just realized this a lot of things we do are a talisman. It's like you do you do um, things to make yourself feeling like you're dealing with something when maybe it d the direct action isn't going to 
actually help solve the problem for you, but you'll feel better about it. And that's good. Like that's, there's no, that, that's a pot. There's no reason not to do things like that. That might be a bit of a placebo. Um, and I think this podcast is sort of like that. It feels like we're doing something <laughs> that probably isn't helping anything, but it still makes me feel like I'm doing something. Mm -hmm. And it, if nothing else, it's like pushing out other things that I could be thinking negative thoughts and negative things. Yeah, that's, mm. I think that's all. All right. I don't have a joke today, but I have a light, light thing to talk about, hmm. which is there is a Twitter account at DE underscore scarf, which is a whole Twitter account dedicated to Dr. Eileen DeVilla's scarves <laughs> that she wears <laughs> at press conferences. <laughs> She's the public health officer of in Toronto. So, oh. yeah. Does she have nice? I can't picture. Yes. She has nice she scarves. I'm looking at them. They're lovely. Okay. So, I just think that's funny. Yeah. People and people are all into um, the Alberta public health officer. She wore a dress with the periodic table of elements on <laughs> the other day that just made like hmm. international news. I think huh. the company put the dress back into print. Oh. So. That's funny. People are paying attention to our public health to officers there. Yeah. They're pop culture figures now. Yeah. Which I just realized also they are, they, um, it's kind of a thankless job because like you're always trying to highlight how important planning ahead is and then no one wants to plan ahead and, and then you then have to deal with the crisis when no one has planned ahead yeah exactly so now you have to deal with the problem when no one wanted to deal with it ahead of time so now you're stuck dealing with the problem because no one and then you get crapped on probably because you're not doing a good enough job so well we are appreciating them now yeah all right that's it bedtime for me good night good night